Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. A place lost in time and more cows than people are easy ways to describe the Green Mountain State. Yet it is so much more. From its famous covered bridges to its burgeoning craft beer scene, Vermont is a bucket list destination for so many reasons. It's a four-season playground with award-winning bed and breakfasts, impressive hotels, and outdoor activities any time of year. A popular local shirt states, Keep Vermont Weird, which conveys the unique authenticity of the inhabitants of one of the smallest states in the Union in both size and population. Its people are one of the many reasons it's a bucket list must. From bustling cities to the smallest of towns, you can find unlimited experiences wrapped in the majestic beauty of our green mountains. In this episode, join us for a flavorful conversation with Ben & Jerry's Grand Poobah PR, Sean Greenwood. Sean will share some bucket list secrets on the best way to experience a trip to the Ben & Jerry's factory, discuss celebrities with whom they have partnered, and the company's important work towards social justice. So grab your bike and your snowmobile, and let's head to the Green Mountain State. Welcome to this episode of Destination Everywhere, Vermont, ice cream with a cause and keeping Vermont weird. Welcome everyone to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil along with Todd Bloodworth. We're so glad to have you here for a very special episode because today we're going to somewhere that is very special to us, which is the state of Vermont, an incredible state. If you haven't been, you got to go. We've been coming for years. It's a four season destination. That, so every time of year, there's something to do. Probably nowhere else in the world better to see the fall foliage. So Vermont is where we're going today and it's going to be incredible. Todd, what are some of your experiences that you've had and why do you think you love it so much? What makes Vermont special? Probably one of the coolest places because I've seen it during all seasons. Vermont is an all-season state. So summer, spring, fall, winter, there's always something to do here. But in downtown Burlington, there's a church street and just walking up and down it, it's amazing. There's lights above it and when it snows, it's pretty. And when it's summer, there's street performers. It's just whenever I'm here, I like to go down to church street and just kind of sit and hang out and people watch. Yeah. And it's one of the smallest states in the union. And there's only about 700,000 people in the state of Vermont. Really, really rural. But that's what makes it beautiful. One of the interesting things I always thought was great about Vermont is you'll never see a billboard. There are no billboards on the freeways, which really speaks to kind of the culture here, but also really magnifies the beauty of the state. I mean, the rolling hills and the mountains and the lakes make it a very, very special place. So if you haven't been, it's only four-hour drive from Boston. It's a six-hour drive from New York City. That's a four-hour drive to the Canadian border. So that's all the way on the northern end of Vermont. And six hours from New York all the way to the Canadian border, which is another great thing about Vermont. It, is, it does. It borders Quebec. And when it borders Quebec, on that southern side of Quebec, there's so much to see. But we're going to stay in Vermont for this episode. Yeah, for sure. I always thought it was interesting about Quebec is like you go over the border and all of a sudden everyone speaks French. 
No one speaks English, but it's incredibly beautiful. And we'll do a, a special on Quebec sometime soon. But back to Vermont. So we got the entire state to look at. We're going to look at our bucket list items. We've got a very special guest for you today as well, Sean Greenwood from Ben and Jerry's. He's the Grand Poobah of public relations for them. He's going to tell us a little bit about why you should come visit the factory here and what you can do there. It's going to be a really great interview. And we also have the great places to stay. So we've got a lot going on for Vermont. We're going to take you from the southern end of the state all the way to the northern end of the state. All right, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you ready to book your hotel for your next company event or family adventure? Let AMI help. We have ongoing relationships with all major hotel chains and access to over 200,000 hotels. Why us? We receive special promotions before they hit the open market, meaning significant cost savings to you. Go to destination-everywhere.com and click the Source Now button and let us get to work for you. All right, so we'd like to welcome Sean Greenwood from Ben & Jerry's. Sean has provided communication strategies for the company's Global Climate Save Our Swirled Initiative. Gosh, isn't that a great title? Sean quarterbacked the launch of The Tonight Doe, starring Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show. Most recently, co-hosted alongside comedian Michelle Batu, the launch event for Ben & Jerry's new partnership and flavor with Netflix called Netflix and Chilled and manage communication strategy for the company to dismantle white supremacies. Now we'd like to welcome Sean Greenwood. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for joining us. How cool to be here. I love that you guys are already here. Look behind you. <laughs> There's ice. You can smell ice cream in the air. Well, you know, we like to make our guests feel at home. What can we say? So we hope we do it. And we're huge customers and champions of Ben & Jerry. It's a great product and a great brand. So we're so glad to have you on the show. Well, very kind of you to have me. We love talking up what we do. Well, you've got like bucket list experiences just as your job. So based on what I'm seeing, you've worked with Sir Elton John, Ziggy Marley. Are you serious? How awesome was that? One of my favorites, Stephen Colbert, Nike. So you've been doing this like over 30 years for Ben & Jerry's? Yeah. So I was lucky that everybody who's been around that long, we talked saying, uh, good thing we got in when we did, because now you actually need talent to work here. And so uh, <laughs> I was actually telling the story about saying, yeah, I started in 1988 and Jerry was hanging out with our chairperson of our board. And, and Jerry said, hey, Jeff, remember the class of 1988? We would take anybody with a pulse. So it's, <laughs> it's nice to know you're appreciated after three decades of work. So what are Ben and Jerry actually like as individuals? I'm sure our, our listeners would love to know from someone that knows them personally. Yeah, the guys are great guys. I just went for a walk this morning with Jerry. We tried to do old man exercise. So we were up at 7.30 and went for like a four or five mile walk. They're great guys. They're, they're good people. Their idea was let's use business for something positive and try to do good things with it. And so they make a fun dessert, make a great ice cream. Ben's always said uh, business is the most powerful source in our society, like to be able to get anything done. And so that's where all the money goes. And so let's just try to do some good stuff. So that was the beginning of the Ben and Jerry's mission. And so you're talking about the social justice piece of what Ben and Jerry's focus on. I mean, they have great product, but they also focus on making things better in the world overall. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what your focus is right now. And there's so many things that you could choose. How do you choose the ones that you're going to focus on? Yeah, there's a lot of need in the world, right? Like, and whether you're here in Vermont locally or whether you're across the country. And one of the things is it's not a nonprofit business. We're a for-profit business, but the mission is three parts, product, making great desserts. Also the economic piece is making a fair return, but it's not about maximizing shareholder return, right? The idea is like, let's make sure we do this in a fun way. So it serves our company mission and gives back to the community. 
That's the big difference because there's a lot of great ice creams out there. But Ben and Jerry's believes in saying, let's go out there and, and make sure and use some of those profits and use the voice so we can make a difference in the world. That's awesome. And so what are some of the things you're working on right now? The big one right now, we're actually just switching over. Racial justice is the one we've been working on the last 18 months, right? So we had a flavor out called Justice Remixed, a great flavor of spicy brownies that was made special for this campaign. And so the idea is, right, in a nutshell, kind of criminal justice reform in our country. There's so many people in prison, right? We have 5% of the world's population, but like 20 to 25% of the world's prison population. Countries that you'd say like, okay, look at regimes like China or Russia. And you're like, no, we have way more people in prison than those folks, which is an amazing thing. And when you start looking into it and researching it, what you learn is there's a lot of folks who are there because they're poor and just couldn't afford bail and couldn't get out. And so they get caught up in the system, even though they've never been convicted of anything, right? And then there's also minor offenses, things like marijuana possession that now I think 25 states have some laws either of legalized use or some way that it's legal in their states. So those things that we think unfairly affect people of color much more than they do for white folks. So it's just one of the things we try to work on really focusing on that one area. So that's been the last year and a half is that criminal justice. I remember back in 2009, marriage equality passed here in Vermont, and it was the first state to pass it through the legislature. And you guys had a campaign, and it was the Hubby Hubby campaign after your Chubby Hubby flavor. And I just thought that was so groundbreaking at the time, and even to this day. But you saw online, because of course, you know, I went online and people just write hateful comments. And how do you deal with that? Because in my opinion, every single time you're in the right, but how do you deal with that negative? You've never bowed down, which is amazing to me. When you take action that's consistent with your values, right? Then it's like people can say they don't like it, but they can't say that's really wrong, right? Because we believe in doing that. And so ever since I started working with a company in the late 80s, we were one of the first national businesses in the US to give health benefits to same-sex partners, right? And it it hadn't happened before then. And I remember an interview, I think it was with Inc. Magazine that Jerry was interviewed saying, why are you such a gay-friendly company? And Jerry said, we're not gay-friendly. We're just friendly that we want to treat everybody with the same respect that we want to be treated with. All of a sudden, I'm a young guy then in my early 20s, you know, I'm growing up and I'm learning about all these things that Ben and Jerry's believes in. And you're working beside people and and you're going like, hey, they want to go out and march on the street because there's a local pride parade. And you go, well, I want to stick up for them. So we're going to go march with them. And that's the belief at Ben and Jerry's is we're going to take to the street for those things that we care about. And so we started to do that. And people would say today, like, why is an ice cream company involved with sticking up for those folks in the LGBTQ community or taking a stance on same-sex issues, same-sex marriage, and we're just sticking up for our coworkers. We had a lot of gay people that were working for the company then. And since then, right, we've done a lot of those. I was looking at my uh, pints that I have up here behind me in my office. This is- yeah. Right. This was the, the decision you're talking about. If you can see there, that's the say I do, I do pint. That we put out. <laughs> right. But we had done hubby hubby. Oh, I love that. So I worked on the hubby hubby campaign. There was like four of us that, that worked on that and came up with the idea and put that into place. And the idea is like, sometimes you want to stand up on the soapbox and shout about what you believe in because you feel that it's going to help in terms of equity. And sometimes we just do things because we think it's the right thing to do. And with marriage equality, it's one of those things we've kind of been really loud and vocal about to say we believe in this. And, and your question of saying, so then there's going to be haters that come in. A lot of times when my name's on the press release and I'll get a lot of those emails, a lot of times, you know, the first 24 or 48 hours, you're going to get a lot of hatred, a lot of people who are not in support of what you're doing. I put that in one folder on my computer and say, okay, that the consumer services team can help us get back to say, 
appreciate you sharing your feedback. We feel differently about this. But then there's after that, usually you also get a, a big string of folks who are going, I'm buying two pints tonight because of what you did. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then you get those heartfelt emails. I remember when we did the most recent, I think, Say I Do, I Do campaign. And, and I got a letter from a woman uh, who was in the Midwest. And she said, talking in my daughter tonight, and I'm telling my wife that there's an ice cream company in Vermont that cares about us as a couple, and we're going to come visit someday. And those are the things that you just hold on to because you know it's the right thing and it matches our values. And so that's why we do it. That's great. Well, continue to do it because it's making a difference. Yeah. So one of the things I would like to be on my bucket list that you say you get to do is you get to be a taste tester. So I don't know if people get to be taste testers, but I'm just really, really curious about um, that. And then I want to go into when, how people can actually visit the factory itself. But tell us how you as an employee and a longtime partner over there at Ben & Jerry's gets to be a taste tester. How fun is that? It is no coincidence. I walk out this office door, turn like five steps and then turn right again, 10 steps. And the research and development lab is right there behind me. So this is not an accident, ladies and gentlemen, when you get to choose your <laughs> office, you want to be close by. And the other thing you can do is just, even if you're not part of that official project, you can just kind of walk by the window, and just walk real slow and look in and, and occasionally <laughs> you'll get the, sure, come on in and try out what's going on. So we believe strongly, like our employees are ice cream aficionados, right? Like if, if you put a flavor in our freezers, right? And w- one of the benefits of working at Ben and Jerry's, you get three free pints a day for every employee here at the headquarters. So- uh, Oh my goodness. If it doesn't get taken, then you know it's not going to work out on the shelves, right? Because yep, our yep. people, they know good ice cream. So the chance to be able to be involved, I was just sampling some top secret new, uh, we've been doing dough chunks the last couple of years. It's just the cookie dough in the, that people say, I want to try eating that. So we put that like in a bag and you can find in your frozen food section in your supermarket or community. Oh yeah, wow. So I just tried a new flavor of those on Monday that we're working with one of our partners. So it's all about the food. Yeah, for sure. I was looking on, I was looking on your website and on your website, I saw you have a recipes page for extended recipes of your already great ice cream. And some of them were quite creative, actually. I think we're going to try some. Right. To cook with ice cream and to find like bread pudding kind of recipe, like you use ice cream to cook with it. Right. And so there's some real fun recipes that way. We also have been trying to, like we mentioned, it's during COVID time. So we've been trying to do some other recipes on there and, and even have our flavor gurus who make innovate flavors have done videos at home with their own kids. And so people can get on and watch with their kids and kind of get involved. And then we have, there's actually a dessert book that's out. You can find the Ben and Jerry's ice cream dessert book. If you have one of those home ice cream makers, it's a great time right now, especially, you know, in Vermont with fresh fruit right now, you go out and get blueberries or strawberries or all of that. You can just make these great ice cream flavors. So check out that Ben and Jerry's ice cream dessert book. It's pretty cool too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can you tell people what a K9 to Fiverr is? Yeah, K9 to 5 is the term that we have because we have a dog-friendly office. So any given day, right, with our office, right, we've closed our corporate office down here in Burlington since March because of COVID, that we want people to stay safe and stay healthy, and we'll get back to work at the office when it's healthy. But we have a dog-friendly office, and so usually any day you come in, there'll be anywhere from 10 to 30 dogs here in the building. And so the idea is we're looking for kind of a fun term to be able to give to that group. So K9 to 5 are what they're known as. I love that. I thought that was so great. And they're actually, all the dogs are on your website with their photos and their names that I've seen. It was really cool. We used to have a dog-friendly office and we moved. It's so much fun. It's amazing how it takes away the stress. 
the hard part is you have to remind people when they're like giving a tour of the office when they walk by and they go like, yeah. hey, and here's Ponch. He's a French bulldog. And you're like, well, talk about Ponch's owner. Introduce her too, because <laughs> we don't want to just give all the dogs the love. Let's talk about the tour for a second, because obviously if you come to Vermont and no matter whether you're northern Vermont or even if coming from New Hampshire or Massachusetts, the Ben and Jerry's factory is kind of iconic. And I think the people of Vermont take great pride in knowing that you guys are there and it's a must-see. Whenever anybody comes here, everybody's like, did you go to the Ben and Jerry's factory? And so can you just talk a little bit about the experience that people get when they walk through the factory and then kind of what's around it, including the graveyard, which is, I think, very interesting little piece to see of the chef. Yeah, well, thanks. We love the spot. It's where I started working there. That was my first job was working out of the Waterbury plant and driving a truck around, scooping ice cream out of vents and then giving tours there. So I'm very fond of the place and, and all the folks that are there in Waterbury. And so for Destination Everywhere listeners that are going like, hey, I'm coming now. Right now, we do have the scoop shop open there so you can stop and get an ice cream. We do have like the grounds are open so you can walk around. You can have a place to sit down. There is a couple of fun things to see, right? It's not only the background behind you, Todd. That's kind of that's our front patio view they see so it's colorful and there's some fun stuff uh, flavor graveyard is where we retire any Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavors that no longer exist in the virtual world. So the chance to be able to go pay respects to your uh, dearly depinted flavors, we call them sometimes, <laughs> have a little fun that way. And then there's actually also, uh, in terms of social mission, there's a great art exhibit that you would have seen there on the walkway. Right now, it's all folks who were previously incarcerated that are folks who did this art. So there's kind of a whole wall of it there. And we've actually turned that over. Last year, it was about Martin Luther King's poor people's campaign from 50 years previous. And so we had kind of an exhibit there on loan from the Smithsonian that we showed off to just kind of support that idea of racial justice and, and now around criminal justice to say, that's what we want to do is, and when we know we have hundreds of thousands of people coming by every year, just them walking by to be able to see this. And you say, yeah, let's have a conversation about that. That's why we put those things That's up. That's fantastic. So you can stop in now. There is a tour that exists now. The inside tour to see where ice cream is made is on hold right now, right? Just because of safety sin, we got to wait yeah. until everyone's safe to go in. So you'll have to just jump on our website and look it up to see if and when the hold on COVID is still going on or when we do lift that. And you have a gift shop as well, so that you can get your favorite merchandise. What else? Is there anything else there that's really unique that our listeners may not know about? There is a little bit of an innovation station checkout, kind of and hear what our latest campaigns are. Right now, there is a booth outside that's set up for so people can still get some souvenirs and stuff to be able to take home. Then it, there's a great town, right? And that's one of the things for Ben and Jerry's is we're thrilled that fans want to come see us, but it's also about Vermont. And it's about a lot of folks who may not live in Vermont are coming up to visit, have a chance to be able to go try maple syrup and got great cheese and great craft beer. And Waterbury is such a great little community, restaurants. And, and you know, so there's just a lot of progressive stuff that you can do. So if you are coming up, any of your listeners who are planning a, a day trip or a weekend, look around because there's some great stuff to be able to see in Vermont. That's fantastic. And so to that point, other than Ben and Jerry's, what are some of your other favorite things that you do in Vermont personally that you would kind of say, someone's coming to see you guys, what else should they do? that they just have to do. I like getting out on two wheels. And so if you're a motorcycler, coming right up Route 100 is one of the most beautiful roads in the state. It's always called out on these motorcycle magazines saying one of the best rides. And you don't have to just do it in a motorcycle. You can do it in a, on four wheels. You can do it. But definitely getting a kind of wind breeze blowing by you is an enjoyable thing on the motorcycle or the convertible. So that's a great road, Route 100. And summer is always a great time in Vermont too right now, right? Like getting out on a boat. We got Lake Champlain right here in Burlington. That's a really good sized lake that's just offers a lot of great things. Plus, there's just, we're about visitors, right? We want people to come see Vermont, try the products out, see the leaves, play in the snow, go skiing, just any time of year. Vermont. There's so much to do, right? 
Yeah. Jay Peak. Jay. Yeah, we keep saying, you know, it's an all-season state. Winter, fall, spring, summer. There's always something to do here. And whether it's an intense kind of extreme thing, the skiing, snowmobiling around the state. Now I'm noticing this summer a lot of those, the side-by-sides, which are the four-wheeled kind of all-terrain vehicles. Yeah. I'm seeing those out on the highway. Well, not highways, back roads. But there's this huge infrastructure for those things around here. And it's amazing. You can't be bored. And if you are, you've got... <laughs> your priorities are probably a little whacked out, but you, there's always something to do here. Agree. Get outside of Vermont. All right, Sean. So before we let you go, we have some rapid fire questions we're going to ask you around your travel habits. All right. Should I stretch you out or? Yeah, make sure that nice and loose. But the listeners love to hear from our guests about what they like to do and hear their secrets. So the first one is, have you ever completed anything on your bucket list? If so, what was it? God, yes, entirely. Because of Ben and Jerry's, about 20 years ago, I'm going to even switch around so you can see here behind me here, this little photo. About 20 years ago in Ben and Jerry's, they uh, created that little Ben and Jerry's balloon that you see up there. And so I went for a hot air balloon ride because of this corporate program that we were doing and loved it. And so I ended up getting trained to go fly a hot air balloon. So I now own a hot air balloon. And that was definitely a bucket list thing to go for a hot air balloon ride. And I took it to 11, as they would say at Spinal Tap, to actually become a hot air balloon pilot. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was a cool experience. You're here, so you actually landed safely, right? Yeah, I've flown up in the kingdom before. Come up, uh, flown, landed in Barnard, launched near Newport, Vermont. Lots of great places up there. Is that balloon still around? Yeah, those two balloons that you see there are still in existence. I think they're in Scotland right now. I think it was the last oh, time wow. I used. I bought my own, so I've got one that, that I keep at home in a trailer and uh, love to pull out and go jump in. All right, number two is, if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Anywhere for a year. Is Jersey Shore acceptable? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I've never been to Australia, and I've been fortunate to be able to travel for work a handful. Uh, Japan was an incredible place to visit. Singapore, love Europe. I could be happy there anytime, but I have not done Australia and would love to be there for a year. Awesome. And it takes about a year to see the whole, yeah, the whole country place, for sure. Huh? All right. So if you could travel with someone infamous or famous, who would it be? You know who I've been reading a lot on lately because we just lost him, which I heard that the term instead of rest in peace, rest in power is Representative John Lewis. Yeah, for sure. And we were really fortunate to have John Lewis come up to Ben and Jerry's last fall and stopped in because we've been working on a project together and there'll be more information to stay tuned on around that. But the man was just an incredible civil rights leader. The more I read and learn about him to hear history from being a young man from participating in the Freedom Rides to how he just stayed committed to nonviolent protest and to acting with class. Would love to have either a piece of history or, or maybe the second time around, he would be a tremendous individual to spend a little more time with. Uh, he would be for sure. Great one. That's a good one. All right. Here's a fun one. When packing for your trip, what is something you pack that may surprise our listeners? Ooh, Beard trimmer is probably not going to surprise him at this point. Well, look at the way you didn't have used it in a while right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's COVID, right? We're just, uh, <laughs> we have a little bit of allowance. You know, one of the things I often pack with, whether it's individual or traveling with my family, is a big power strip with like yeah. a half dozen outlets. Because a lot of times you get to a, a, great idea. a hotel and you get there and, and, you know, each of the kids has their phone and they need to charge and you have your laptop and you're, and all of a sudden you're all fighting over like two outlets. It's a great one. I haven't heard that one before. Big power strip with like six plugs. Awesome, awesome. The cause of many family arguments. <laughs> the cause of many family arguments for sure. The last one is, what is your most memorable experience in Vermont? And I know you're a local, so it's kind of hard, but do you have anything that really stands out? 
the first thing that comes to mind when you say it is my Ben and Jerry's experience in Vermont was a retired couple was coming up from Massachusetts back when I was giving tours. So this is like late 80s, early 90s and just befriended them. They were the only two people on my tour one time. So I got to talk with them and get to know them. And, and like I said, we get three free pints a day. So I brought them my three pints at the end. I said, we got to the lobby, said, hold on. And I came out and said, here, take my three pints today. And they were going to visit their daughter in Stowe. And they ended up writing a nice letter to the company saying, man, this young man is so nice. And we went and going back and forth with letters and they would visit in every couple of years when they'd come up and visit. And then one time I got a page to the lobby and I go down, I, there's this woman that's 35 years old and I never met her. And, and she introduced herself saying she was the daughter of the parents and that father had passed away from cancer. And right before he had passed away, about three to six months before our research and development lab was cleaning out their closets, right? So they have everyone sending them candies and chunks and chocolates and brownies and all this stuff, flavorings. And so they just had a table full of this stuff, just all these little bottles. So I gathered up because I knew this guy was an ice cream maker at home. That was his hobby. So I just gathered up a box up and shipped it to him at home. And I didn't know he had cancer at that point. And so his daughter was just like the last couple months of his life, he would just go out into his little workshop out behind their house in Massachusetts and make ice cream. And he had said to her, like, who would have thought an ice cream company would have cared enough to reach out and just send stuff like this? And to me, it was like, that's the job I get to do with Ben and Jerry's. I get to connect with people. And how lucky of a career is that? Yeah, that puts a lump in your throat. That's sweet. So for sure. So Sean, we want to thank you and thank you for your commitment to social justice, for what you're doing personally and what Ben and Jerry is doing as a company and as a corporate partner. It's just incredible. We want to also thank you. You guys are going to supply a swag bag to one of our listeners. So if you're listening, I go to destination-everywhere.com and sign up and you could win a swag bag from Sean and his team at Ben and Jerry's. Sean, we can't thank you enough. Thank you for your time. And we'll be down sometime soon to take a tour and eat some ice cream. We look forward to seeing you there and, and all your listeners to stop in too. Just uh, give us a shout. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Sean. Take care. Thanks, Sean. Have a great day. Welcome back. Speaking with Sean in that last segment, one, he's just an, an awesome guy to interview because he's so passionate about what he does. But I loved hearing everything that he had to say about the company and his experiences. He's raised here in Vermont. So it was a really good conversation we had with him. Did you have? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he got, kind of gave those inside part of the pun scoop of what you can do when you go. So definitely add that to your bucket list. I think you guys will be grateful that you did. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and a great experience for you to come to Vermont and definitely put that on your bucket list. So we we're going to talk about our bucket list now, right? Yeah, let's go into some of these things that we've done around the state. And obviously, Vermont is a very long state. It's wide at the top. It's more narrow at the bottom. Our Vermont borders New Hampshire on one side, New York on the other, and then down south, you have Massachusetts. So there's a lot around it. So access is pretty easy, but obviously you fly into Burlington. I think that's probably where most people do. But let's talk a little bit about the northern part of the state. All right, let's just go with Burlington. You fly in, you're close to a lot. It's probably the largest city in Vermont. Is that right? Yeah, it is. University of Vermont is there. It's got a lot of young, fun places to go. But Vermont is an outdoor. When I think of Vermont, I think of outdoors. And that's just kind of what's so appealing about it. In the airport, you always see skis coming off of the luggage cart. You see uh, people driving in with kayaks and canoes and paddle boards. So there's kind of a feel that everybody's outside doing something in the state. And if you're not outside doing it, you're probably missing out on something. Yeah, for sure. Just south of Burlington, there's a pretty amazing property and it's called 
the Shubburn Museum. And the Shubburn Museum is actually, it's recreated a period village of what life was like back in Vermont in the 1800s, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's right. And it's a, definitely a bucket list item. It's kind of Americana all put together for you in one place. And speaking outside, Todd, almost the entire thing is outside. You walk outside from, so it's a great thing to do in the summer with the family, but you walk from exhibit to exhibit and tell us a little bit about who put it together. It was done by one of the Vanderbilts. She would go to auctions and purchase buildings. And these the buildings are actually, they're not recreated buildings. They're the original buildings. And then they were moved to this property. So what you're walking onto is actually a town and it has an apothecary. It's got a schoolhouse. There's a ferry boat, a blacksmith. I mean, it's just so neat. And you kind of really do kind of get immersed in in what it was like to be in Vermont. Yeah, I believe there's like something like 39 to 40 buildings on the property and you can literally walk it and just see how people lived and it's immaculate and absolutely beautiful. So definitely put that on your bucket list. That's called Shelburne Museum, which right south of Burlington. Right. And what borders that is also the Shelburne Farms. And it's the old state for the Vanderbilt family. And it was the summer state. So the wealthy New Yorkers, Connecticut would come up here. And again, the original house, it's kept in immaculate condition. So you'd want to see them both. And then tour guides are absolutely amazing, but both beautiful right on Lake Champlain. So the views are just spectacular. So that's definitely a must. Yeah. And speaking of Lake Champlain, that's something you definitely have to see either from right at the bottom of the hill in Burlington, or even if you go up to South Hero or North Hero Lake, north of Burlington. It's an incredible lake that is really skinny. So yeah, it runs almost the entire length of Vermont and kind of breaks the border with New York. And like any Northern lake is very, very deep. You can take uh, rides uh, on boats and see the history. You can go fishing, you can rent your own boats and pontoons are really exciting, really fun to do. So I would highly recommend that as well. Yeah, there's a couple of ferries that go across it at some different points, going from New York to the Vermont side. But yeah, if you're on the Vermont side, you're looking at the Adirondacks. And then if you're on the New York side, you're looking at the Green Mountains in Vermont. You can see Mount Mansfield, which you know, where Stowe is, but it's huge and it's absolutely gorgeous. So take a boat trip. There's a boat that I think goes out on Lake Champlain, a big tour boat. And the Spirit of Ethan Allen is what it's called. So that leaves from Burlington and it's a large kind of cruise ship, but it's a great way to kind of see both sides from the water. It's a lot of fun. And I'm glad you mentioned Mount Mansfield, which is the tallest peak in Vermont. At the base of it is Stowe, which is just this incredible quintessential ski resort town in Vermont. And there's a lot of incredible things to do there. They have one of the best bike trails in the entire state that goes right through the center of the town. What's great about it is if you've got smaller folks anyways, it's a paved trail. So it's a nice smooth ride for anybody of all ages. It's not a difficult mountain biking trail. It goes through towns. It connects, goes behind restaurants so you can pull your bike in. The total distance is it's a few miles. Yeah, six or seven miles, I think. And anybody can do it. And it's not a hard trail, but it's beautiful. Absolutely. It goes by the corn maze in Stowe, which is really cool. I mean, you'll get lost in this corn maze. The corn is eight, nine, 10 feet tall. Well, I know one of your favorite bucket list things to do is where Maria's from and where she ended up after Sound of Music. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Because you talk about it all the time. Well, I think it's just a piece of history that anybody who doesn't know the sound of music, right? If you don't know the music, you do know the story. And, you know, it's the Von Trapp family. And the Von Trapp family, actually, when they left Europe, they settled in central Vermont. They settled in Stowe. And there is the Von Trapp Lodge. The Von Trapp Lodge is working 
Lodge. It's open year round. They have apple trees, but you can actually go see Maria's grave and some of the other family members are buried there as well. So of course, if you're there and you have any kind of connection to this movie, you'll want to go see that. You just kind of feel it. People come and they take pictures of the plaque markers. It does kind of look like Austria in a way, the area. It's really, really beautiful with the high mountains. Well, they're just the high mountains and the climate itself is just like it, which is a, a great trip as well. Salzburg, Austria, if you guys want to put that on your list too. But I highly recommend you go to the Von Trapp Lodge. If- yeah, so that was great. And then there's microbrews. There's some great craft beers that are made at breweries in and around the Stowe area. I mean, around the whole state actually, but Stowe itself has some great ones. Idlewild was a place that we went and had lunch and their beers were just, you can get the flight and just try a little bit of everything they had. Actually, it wasn't my favorite, but there's something for everybody. They had sour beers, which I'd never had a sour beer before. And it does kind of leave a pucker on your face. I don't know if you got to have the right taste buds for it, but their IPAs were amazing. It was a great stop. Yeah. Well, what I love about Vermont, and this is a nice little tidbit, people wonder why there's a town like every five miles. And I actually asked once, and the reason there's a supposedly a town every five miles is how far a horse could go before they needed water. And so there's all these unbelievable towns. Every five miles or so, you'll notice it. And each one is its own city government, has its own uh, things that they're proud of, things that they produce, whether it's cheese, wine, maple syrup. There's all different things in Vermont. So just meandering through all these different towns in and of itself is a joy. And uh, one of the reasons I love it, uh, the cover bridges, looking for all the cover bridges all over the state. There's a great program to keep them up to date and make sure they're not falling apart. And they do a beautiful job with it. And it's definitely something to do if you're an avid bike rider. It is a great way to see the state is to go look at the cover bridges. So I would highly recommend that as well. There's a town called Burke. And Burke is also a place for mountain biking. They have got, I don't know how many miles of trails in Burke. Yeah. So this is the northeastern part of the state. Burke is in, in by Burke Mountain. I don't know how many trails it has. as hundreds and hundreds. It goes across 90 separate property owner's property at the base of Burke Mountain. And it's absolutely beautiful. Um, if you're an avid mountain biker, some of the best mountain biking in the state can be found there. All the trails are groomed. They're smooth rides. And the, the levels of difficulty are kind of different all around the space, but it's just a, a really neat place. So if you like to bike, definitely, you don't want to be on a street bike on these uh, trails, but you definitely, if you have a hybrid or a mountain bike, you get around comfortably. And that was a lot of fun. We actually really in, uh, enjoyed doing that and just did that recently. But another thing, one of my first exposures to Vermont, I had never been to Vermont's just one of those places you kind of have a vision in your head. It seems like a very romantic state. And if you remember the show, it was Newhart. Bob Newhart was in it. Bob Newhart, he moves from a city and he opens up an inn called the Stratford Inn. And it's kind of, the show makes the locals seem a little quirky, but I will say the locals in Vermont, the speed is great, but it's not going to be anything like you might expect to find in a New York. They, people enjoy dinners. You're not seeing horns honking in cities. You might get behind a tractor on one of the off-roads and be delayed, but it's not anything that's going to make anybody get some road rage, especially if you're from the area. But So when you're driving around at some of these small places, you do get stuck behind there's a season where you might get stuck behind manure trucks. And, you know, it's not always the most pleasant smelling thing, but when that happens, you just kind of like look to your left and look to your right. And it's just the scenery wherever you go is really pretty amazing. But did we talk about the swimming holes? You should talk about them because it really is one of the great secrets of this area of the country. All the times we've been coming to Vermont, it wasn't probably until maybe the third or fourth year even where someone said, oh, have you been to 
three holes, you know, and I, was, I didn't know what they were talking about. They're like, oh yeah, it's a swimming hole because it's not Florida. Not everybody has in-ground pools. And they said, oh yeah, it's great. It's these little rivers, there's waterfalls, and then you swim, you can jump off the rocks. So we found it. And again, it's not nothing you're going to find. I doubt a concierge is going to tell you if you're staying at a hotel. But if you ask the locals in many of these towns, just ask for a swimming hole. Is there something nearby? But absolutely gorgeous. The water is just crystal clear. It's cold, but on a hot day, there's nothing better. And usually there's nice little trails and paths. They're everywhere. Well, there's a river, there's a swimming hole somewhere. And so the locals know them. So if you're in Vermont, always ask. They're great to see in the fall because they're just so beautiful and remote. Usually have to hike in a little bit, but they're um, really, really awesome. And I think one other thing I'd like to point out, and then we'll move on to some of our favorite hotels to stay at in Vermont that are great for either vacationing or for meetings and events, is there is in Northern Vermont, a sculpture park called the Cold Hollow Sculpture Park, which is the work of David Strommeyer. And he had purchased this dairy farm 30 years ago and then made the barn his studio. And over the course of the last 30 years has created these giant movable moving metal sculptures that um, actually are sold and put in uh, major destinations all over the world. But near his farm, which is free to go to, it's incredible. He has about 40 of them spread all across these wide hills. There's actually more than 60. And yeah, it's a little town. It's right next to Enosburg Falls in Northern Vermont. And yeah, you drive by it and you can't tell from the road. You'll see a sign out front. It's a sculpture actually that says a CH. SP, which is Cold Hollow Sculpture Park. But when you go in, the field just kind of opens up and he's got, he actually creates everything on property, but you'll see these things are huge and um, it's on acres and acres and acres of property and then they move. So someone may request one for an office building. So you may, these are the kinds of sculptures that you see at the base of skyscrapers in New York City or inside of a huge office building uh, foyer and they're different colors, they move, they're abstract. So basically, all of these sculptures are kind of like an evolution of this particular artist's work over the last several decades. So it's really fascinating to see. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about some of our favorite places to stay. Let's start in Southern Vermont and a place that is well known. It's a luxury property called the Equinox. So that is a, down in Manchester, Vermont. And Manchester is just an adorable small town. If you want to get a real feel for it, but not be too far from Boston or New York City, it's just incredible. So the Equinox, it's been there since the Revolutionary War, the main part of the hotel but it's expanded greatly and they've done a fantastic job keeping it up. And there's a lot of history there. Matter of fact, the government of Vermont was actually formed in the small restaurant there back in 1777 or eight, whatever year exactly it was. So there's a lot of history there as well. What do you think about the Equinox? The Equinox is, it's beautiful because it is so, it's a historic property. There's different presidents have visited it. And in fact, just down the road is the summer home of Robert Todd Lincoln, who was Abraham Lincoln's only surviving child. And it's a beautiful estate. Again, it overlooks the hills. I think he was a lawyer from Chicago and acquired it with one of his partners at this law firm. But again, all these things are close enough, you know, back in the day where they could come from the cities and then just get away. So that being in Southern Vermont was pretty ideal. It's just beautiful. But also Manchester has, what I didn't know, a lot of outlets. So if you like to outlet shop and you do find time to do that, you get like this historical feel if you're in the right spot, but then you go down the road and you'll see all different types of outlets. Great shopping. 
Yeah, for sure. And then if you go just a little farther away, there's a great town, really, really idyllic called Woodstock. And there's the Woodstock Inn and Resort there, which uh, is kind of right in the middle of town and just a fantastic place to get the real Vermont experience in a very concentrated way. They have cooking classes and tours that you can set up for, and it's a very, very comfortable inn. So that's a great one. If you want a smaller, more real Vermont experience, we highly recommend that property as well. If you'll find, you just drive through some towns and some of them aren't any more than just one or two blocks. And sadly, there are many towns in Vermont that they're past probably a lot of the economic prosperity that they had seen once before, but there's just a lot of great finds. So if you're driving through them, like Andy said, they're about every five miles apart, park your car and just go walk the street. You're not going to be walking a lot, but you could definitely see some really cool things, whether it's just a place to grab some food or a lot of antiques and barn people selling things from just barns. And you're like, you go in and you're like, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of history there for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But Woodstock's great. And then you could drive up from Woodstock and then there's Keechee and there's a big gorge in Keechee that people swim in. They have a bridge that goes across it. And it's another spot that get out of your car and just go walk it. They have, there's a one mile, a one and a half mile trail. And then from there, go down, check out the water, jump in one of those swimming spots off of the Keechee Gorge. It's wonderful. Yeah. And if you want a quick place to ski and stay as well. So we talked about Stowe a little bit earlier, but the Stowe Mountain Resort is a fantastic place to ski from. It's ski in, ski out and very modern. And if you don't want to go all the way to the West Coast or all the way to Colorado, Colorado, Stowe is a fantastic place to fly straight into Burlington. It's only a 20 mile drive. Kind of reminds you of Salt Lake and Park City where you can get there really, really quick. And actually you can ski on the same day and you get the uh, enjoy Stowe there, but the mountain resort is, is best in class. And we highly recommend that as well. And then finally in Northern Vermont, we have Jay Peak Resort, which is a, a resort that's been around a very long time, but just did a $60 million upgrade with a new hotel, a new water park championship golf course, which is absolutely spectacular in the fall. It is a great place to see really rural Vermont, but have the amenities of a first-class hotel. They have meeting space and a conference center as well. So we highly recommend the Jay Peak Resort up on the Quebec border. Uh, Absolutely beautiful. Oh, did you even talk about the indoor water park at Jay? Uh, Yeah, we can talk about that forever. You know, and it's got a retractable roof. So you go in and it it could be winter, it could be summer, but in the summer they usually retract the roof and it's got one of the artificial waves like the Flow Rider or uh, Flow Dog as some of them are called. A bunch of slides, a lazy river, but then in the winter it's all glass. So you see snow falling all around you and then you get access to this water park, which is pretty amazing. And that's right at the base of the mountain. And then right next to that, there's a brand new indoor rink where leagues play, but they also have like a free skate for people that are just touring and want to putz around on skates, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Great. So those are our four venues and hotels we recommend if you're coming to Vermont. There are so many more. There are bed and breakfasts all over here locally owned that can really give you a quintessential Vermont experience as well. So make sure you look those up as well. But when we come back, we have a special giveaway and a way for you to sign up for it and get a special gift from Ben and Jerry's. Please stay tuned. All right. Well, that concludes this edition of Destination Everywhere. Thank you for joining us. Register now. Go visit our website at www.destination-everywhere.com. Ben and Jerry's and Sean have given us a great swag pack. So be sure to go in and register for that. And it's got some great collectibles and it's got, I think, some coupons for ice cream. So you don't want to miss out on that. Thank you for joining us. We'll have you back here soon. 
You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.